Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Bench Units. My name is Mark. I'm joined, as always, by James. How's it going, James? Yeah, not bad, thanks. How are you? Not bad, thank you. Not bad at all. And we are joined by a guest. I think this is becoming tradition at this point, that when we have a Landil Thuringen showdown, we rope somebody in who may or may not want to be here, but he's here anyway. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Tommy Boma. How's it going, man? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, man. Thank you for joining us. We're um, we're very sorry you're not joining us under slightly better circumstances. It looked like Yannick um, beat you to it when he he got to join us after the win. But yeah, thank you for thank you for being on. I know it's been a, a big game and a busy week for you guys this past week. So shall we get straight to it? I guess um, we're gonna we're gonna get to the Landil Thring game a little further down the episode just to keep people on the hook a little bit. So Tommy, new guest, first time. We tend to ask people the same question in case there's anybody out there who doesn't know who you are, in which case, shame on them. But do you want to tell us and our listeners a little bit about how you got started in the wheelchair basketball game? Um, yeah, that's that's a long, long time ago now, like um, probably like 19, 19 years ago, uh, I started to play started to play when I was 11 um, yeah and back in, in my hometown Bayreuth um, and yeah it was and then I came to Landil in 2010 so I'm yeah. I'm here now for 12 years already so time time flies yeah I can't I can't imagine you playing for any team other other than Landil it's been <laughs> I think you you playing for Landil and the German national team have both existed for as long as I remember the sport existing. Yeah, I had my first appearance with the national team in 2009. Right, Europeans. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't play much then, but I was there. <laughs> that's good. That's going back. So you just to do the maths real quick, you 30 now roughly, 30 31. Yeah, yeah so I, I'll turn 31 this year, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so you made your first appearance going back 12, 13 years ago now. So yeah. you probably, I think you hit the kind of, you're the, the German equivalent of Harry Brown, who is younger than anyone ever believes, but he's been in every major tournament since like 2011, I think was Harry's first one. But yeah, I think we we kind of, in terms of those pre-Landil years, I don't think anything's hugely widely known about you, presumably smaller German club, because obviously there's no clubs as big as Landil. What was kind of your early years in, you know, getting yourself kind of moving in that direction and, you know, scouted by the German junior team or whatever it may have been that kind of put you on the map? Yeah, so um, um, the, the funny thing is like the when when I started, um, to play in Bayreuth then two years later I think uh, when I was 13 uh, Nick Nick Zeltinger became became a players coach for Bayreuth so it was the first time he he saw me um, he saw me play and um, yeah he like said okay he he needs to he needs to practice with the first team so um when I was when I was fourteen, I had my first appearance in the first in the Bundesliga in the first division. Um, yeah, I had like one. I played in one or two games, um, 
I was on the roster. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's how, how I started, um, how I met Nick. And yeah, since then, like the contact never, never broke up. So yeah. he, he followed, he followed my, my journey. And um, I went to, after Bayreuth, I went to Munich for one year. I played there. Right, okay. Then I played in, in Jena. Um, they were in the first division for two or three years, I think. I, um, I do remember the team name. I can't think where from. I, yeah. I, they're not around anymore, right? No, they, they play like third division, I think now. Right, okay. Um, so I, I joined I joined um, this team when they they were founded and they started in this third division. I went there and then we moved up to the second and then we moved up to the first. And then I was, um, yeah, I was 18, 19 by then. I finished my my school, and yeah, then I w- I decided to to join Landil. Um, they they asked me what my plans are, and yeah, I was like, okay, now now or never. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. We've spoken to a couple of people who have gone to Landil or are thinking about it or whatever, and it's kind of not many people say no to that, do they? Especially as a young kid, like yeah. um, well, eighteen, you're not a kid, but you know what I mean, a young basketball player with a lot of development in front of them like as far as a place to be that will look after you and sort of treat you professionally like i think landill is the gold standard right it, and it certainly is now and i'm sure it was back then but yeah i mean when i was like when i got the offer then i was okay stay stay in jena playing the playing the first league get a lot of minutes and or i go to landill and get the chance to train with uh, Joey Johnson, Mikey Pay, Steve Serio. Yeah, I mean, tough decision, right? <laughs> Not a bad place for a for a, a mobile three to go either. Like, pretty good people to take notes from. That was actually going to be my question: Who was there in your first year? Who else was there? I know you mentioned Mikey, um, Steve, Joey. Suppose, um, Steve. That was the year Steve and I came together. So was, uh, right, Steve cool. also came in 2010. Uh, um. <clears throat> it was yeah. Mina. Mina was there. She was our class one. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, was yeah, the cola there? Kula. Yeah. He, he, yeah that, was, that was the starting lineup. It was Joey, the Kula, Mikey, Steve, and Mina. Wow. Yeah. Not bad. <clears throat> yeah, that was. <laughs> and we always, like, uh, in my first years, we always played the starters against. Um, against the other five oh, God. <laughs> so we always had to play against them <laughs> that's probably where you learned your quick release right <laughs> i feel like if that, if i don't get this up now it's not going good I, I know um we obviously spoke to yannick a couple of pr- probably a few months ago now um when he'd been at landil a few months and one thing that yannick said was he kind of felt the pressure joining the the landil setup because he's obviously joining a a world-class group of players and he, even he was thinking oh i need to you know i need to pull my weight in training and and not let the side down kind of thing and that's that's a guy who's been to three paralympics already prior to joining so i can only imagine the level of you know or you must have felt as a young kid going in and joining those guys or maybe you were kind of too young to i think you hit a sweet spot when you're at 18 where you don't know any better don't you and you're like yeah this will be fine i'll just i'll go join in and get shots up right did you have any kind of nerves when you joined that squad or was it did you just go out and play 
Yeah, I mean, of course, it was like it was always like my dream to to play with with like Joey Johnson or Mikey Pay. Um, I was always looking up to them, and yeah, the first the first practice was like, is this real or <laughs> um, playing next to them? And um, yeah, it was when I was when my first year was just yeah, amazing, and I learned a lot. Yeah, yeah. and you there's one. Sorry, got that. Uh, one question that we used to ask everyone as standard, and now we kind of forget to every so often. But every time I remember, I think it's a good question. Do you have a piece of advice that someone has given you over the last, uh, the start of your career, or at any point that you always remember? Like we used to phrase it as, "What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given?" But even specifically, like when you first joined that team, or does anything stick out? Yeah, it's a it's a tough question. <laughs> um, I I think there's nothing particular. It's just like um, over the years, like um, I got really good friends with Mikey, and he um, told me a lot of things and taught me a lot. And yeah, it was just like every practice, something new. And sure. yeah, lead, you know, lead by there's example. nothing like I I really can say. Okay, that was yeah. yeah. So, so given your relationship with Mikey, is there a spot for you as the assistant coach of Switzerland in the future at some point? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, was, that was so strange because I went to watch that tournament for a couple of days and I saw Mikey there in a Swiss shirt. And I was just like, I, I kind of remembered that he had obviously been in Germany forever and was thinking of sticking around. Um, so it made sense after a while, but it took me about 30 seconds of being like, it was, it was amazing like, to, <laughs> to see him was... coaching and having the, the Swiss, uh, polo shirt on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Strange look. It's very, um, it's quite early days after his exit from team USA to be like, Hey, okay. I rep Switzerland now. It's like the, such a Joey Johnson kind of getting the assistant coaching role with GV was like the Canada powerhouse was weakening a little bit and he jumped ship to somewhere he thought was on the come up the usa to switzerland thing was like no career arc i've ever seen but respect to mikey yeah i always wonder with players of a certain level when they go to coach a team that maybe isn't a landill or like a top three nation in the world is there ever a moment of like why can't you guys do what I could do? <laughs> I, I assume not, but I do always wonder if if Mikey was ever like, so what you've got to do is, okay, no, you're not me, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that is a thing, though, in like all aspects of at least basketball and definitely sport to some extent where like you don't see the best players typically become coaches. You, I think most coaches are the more limited players who are more like cerebral because they aren't relying on like, hey, look how talented I am. But we say that, Tommy, do you think you have a, a Landil coaching spot somewhere in the future? Mm. Oh, I hope. Um, I hope I will. I can play a couple more years. <laughs> then, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not done. <laughs> yeah, not done yet. Um, yeah, but I, um, I mean, I could imagine to to do that, yes. Um, yeah. But we'll, we will see. What's... You could. You could properly set the record for most years one person has spent with one club if you went from playing playing with Landil when you were 18 to coaching until, I don't know, retirement age. You'd be there like 50 plus years at that point. (laughs) 
Okay, should we, think, should we? Should we? Sorry, just, just I, I just I need to correct myself. We were talking about we were talking about great players, maybe not making good coaches every so often. We're talking about Mikey Pay, and you're coached by Janet currently, like yeah. <laughs> one of the greatest women's players of all time. Like okay. I think there are exceptions to the rule, is what we will say. But yeah, sorry, Mark, go ahead. No, it's cool. Um, so we're gonna just move along a little bit because I think. For us especially, Tommy, the kind of most aware we were of you in the early days was with the German juniors team um, where you went through a year-by-year process where you used to kick DB's ass single-handedly. Well, not single-handedly. You had some good players on that team. But we're, yeah, we kind of wanted to hear a little bit about, I think your last run with the juniors was the... Adana World Championships 2013 that was where you guys were world champions if I'm not mistaken so you'd already been in the senior squad for quite a few years at that point presumably um so what do you think in terms of having been in both the juniors and seniors together how do you think that kind of dominance at the junior level helped your transition into the men's game I suppose is my question um <clears throat> yeah um yeah 2013 was my was my last year yeah. right um then i was too old um i mean it was it was a good um ending of the career like finishing with the world championship <laughs> not a bad way to finish uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and yeah i mean it, i think it it helped me it helped me a lot um to to have um like I played, um, so I started in 2009 with the men's team. So yeah. and I played men's and juniors, and um, yeah, I think it was it was good that um, that I started so early to play on the men's team. That it helped me to play for the juniors yeah. because um, yeah, I learned a lot in the in the men's team, and um, yeah, it. Um, like the the last years, especially with the European Championship and the World Championship, we won. Um, you you gain a lot of confidence, and yeah, that that helps to sure. to sure. Um, play with with in the in the men's team then. And were there? I don't remember. I was at the Europeans and Worlds that you won in your last your last trip around in the juniors. And I'm trying to remember who else was on that team that's playing for the German. Uh, men's team now. I know Chris Huber was there, right? Um, um, yeah, Nico, Nico was there. Nico, he was. Oh, Nico, very, he yeah, must, he was, Nico must have been young. Yeah, he was pretty young. I, but I don't know how old he was. He was, he was very young. Yeah, fourteen, yeah. fifteen, maybe. Because I was sixteen. Like he is. How old is he now? Yeah, it must like, yeah, like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, yeah. something like that. I mean, yeah. He got a junior. He got a junior point off in Spain two years ago. So yeah. like, yeah. He's, He's you very get, young. You still. get that until you're tw- 22. 22? Okay. Yeah. I think you get a junior point off in Spain until you're like married with kids, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to Europe and then it doesn't help you. And then you, <laughs> that's, that's what happens. But, um, but yeah, uh, I think yeah, yeah, Jens uh, Albrecht is on that team, Jens, right? Jens Albrecht was on the team. Yeah. Kai Muller as well. Was the Kai Muller was on the team. Um, you guys used to have a quite a small 4.5 as well. Leon. Leon, yeah, Leon Schönenberger. That's the one. Um, yeah. What's happening to him these days? Um, he's not not really playing anymore. Okay, he was he, a good player, man. I was. He was, he, yeah, he wasn't. So he was small, 
a small four five, yeah. but he was he was good with his chair. He hit a nice shot. Future uh, Dirk Passavan. Yeah, but, but then he five. he decided to um, I think he studied medicine. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. Busy with decided to do yeah. something worthwhile. I think he's something like a doctor now. Or <laughs> okay. I haven't I haven't heard of him in a in a long time. Yeah. That's that's no excuse. He he could play on the weekends at least. People don't get sick on the weekends. Um, so, I guess mo- moving on a little bit, you finish your um, your junior career with the World Championships, and there was kind of if I've got my my timeline right, you guys got silver at the Men's Europeans two thousand and eleven, the Germany yeah. GB final. Mm-hmm. And you've had a run since then, really, of kind of making. I think you guys have made the bronze um, game relatively consistently. Uh, you had a couple of years there before Alex Luski joined you. I think he joined in 2015 in Worcester, if I've yeah. got that right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it feels <laughs> like you guys have been kind of primed for a breakthrough for a few Europeans in a row now. I think there's a really good argument you would have made the final of this Europeans had it not been for yourself having to miss the game. Sorry, Mendel, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Dutch people. We do like to discredit that sil- <laughs> that, that 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 gold. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I watched a couple of games back from this European just recently in in prep for doing this, and I think it's the best that you guys have looked in a long time. Um, how do you feel the German national team is kind of trending at this point? Do you think it's on the way up? Do you think you've optimized having Haluski around now? And are you kind of less reliant on the kind of Dirk Passavan, Andre Binek model than you have been in the past? Yeah, I mean, it was like the last years, they were always like an up and down. So we had a good European. And then if like in the major tournaments, like in the world, so Paralympics, we weren't so great and <laughs> uh, then the europeans we got bronze so it was like always up and down we play good europeans and then not not so good in a in a world world championship okay. or paralympics um <clears throat> yeah the, the last europeans we, we we looked very good um we had big goals um we wanted to make that final game which didn't happen at the end um <laughs> um so, but yeah, I think we we found a way now to um, to play together to get Alex into the game. Um, Matthias Gündner does a great job now for us. <clears throat> he's yeah. he's still young, but he gets better every year. Um, and yeah, Nico wasn't around um, for the last Europeans. Sure. Oh yeah. So that, that's another another part. If he comes back for the Worlds, maybe <clears throat> then we have another class two. Sure. Of course. And what, um, without giving away any secrets, obviously, um, what do you, what would you say you guys changed to sort of allow you to take that step up at the last Europeans, obviously, before things got weird? That's how I describe what happened at the Europeans. Things got weird. People got COVID. But yeah, like what? Super weird at the end. (laughs) Yeah, like, because I don't want to go into the details. I heard it was terrible. Like I heard everyone felt unsafe or was unsafe, but uh, don't want to slate the IWBF live on a podcast. So, <laughs> but yeah, what sort of, as I say, without going in, like you can't give away your secrets, obviously. Um, but what would you say 
made the difference to you guys integrating Haluski more and getting more out of all your other guys? Um, <laughs> um, so there was like this European was um, the first year Andre after Andre retired. Mm-hmm. And so we had some players with different roles. Um, like for example, um, Jens, he had a different role now. Um, and I think that like they, they they stepped up they um took over like some more responsibility and it wasn't just on the one player so we had like we could we had more players who are who took over the responsibility and yeah i yeah, think that I think... was one one secret we we had that we had, sure. we had more shoulders not only on one or two shoulders yeah yeah, yeah. I think okay. if you, um, I can't remember which game it was, but there was a game possibly when you guys played, I think France had had a semi-convincing win and you guys played them. And I think Jens had something like 12 or 14 points in the first quarter, just from, he was basically playing like a 2.5 version of like Ishmael R or something where it was just like pass inside layup endlessly. And then yeah. to, to cap it, he ended up having to shoot at the at the shot clock over Nico Juan there and just like got got him with a one hand post up. It's like, what is going on here? If this happens, Germany are the best team in Europe. Um, but yeah, I think for the, for the people who don't know, am I right in thinking you it wasn't COVID for you at the end of the tournament? Is that right? You were yeah, no, it wasn't. Hand. Like on the on the semi final day, I woke up with with a little bit of a fever, and we made. I made like I think three or four tests and on that day, but yeah. all, all negative. I got PCR tested. Um, yeah, it was just like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because I I had some infection on the yeah the worst timing. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, and it's just like disabled people things where you'll get a fever and you'll know exactly what it is and you'll know that it's not COVID but yeah. you have a fever, so you have to yeah. just, but yeah, no, cause I'd heard it wasn't COVID. I'd heard like con- confirmation practically it wasn't COVID. And then other people since then had said it was or wasn't. And, but yeah, oh, I, no, definitely, it, it was not, but the funny thing was like everybody like from the other teams thought that it was that I had COVID. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, the, um, during, during our game, I wanted to go downstairs to grab me an apple. Mm-hmm. And then it feels like okay, <laughs> it feels yeah. so strange. Everyone's just like dodging. Like, what, what is he doing here? He's like, <laughs> yeah. you feel like you need to be ringing a bell so that everybody, everybody yeah. can jump out of your way as you as you yeah. pass. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing that struck me actually is kind of watching your guys' games from then, and you mentioned Matthias Gunter just now. And you've got a couple of other young guys coming up uh, in, I think, Alex Bud from, uh, forgive me if I've said that horribly. Um, I've not done German for 10 years since I left school. But um, You're going to have to speak some German soon. We've got some questions that aren't in English. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you've got some young guys who I think are coming up who yourself, obviously, as having been in the team for as long as you have, you must be quite excited by the by the development of these guys and hoping they can come in and, and give your team kind of a boost, especially as you've, like you said, having lost Andre and Dirk in the last few years, you must feel like the German development system is kind of keeping you guys going relatively well. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we have some young guys coming up, like Alex, the 3-5 from Hanover. Yeah. 
he's a he's a big three five. <clears throat> then we have a, the class one from Hanover, Tobias Hell. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's pretty good. Um, when we we played Hanover three weeks ago, and he he made like two or three outside shots and then a nice pass inside, and it's like, what? It's che- nice. cheering, cheering him on secretly. Yeah. Good for good for a national team. <laughs> but it, mu- yeah. it must be difficult for you, right? Because nobody else on Arndell is German. So when you you see this guy making some shots and you're like, yes, this is great for us, they must be like, hey, sh- shut up, this doesn't help us at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like it's only me. Uh, we have Kata from the from the women's team. Yes, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, the the uh, four five Mark. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. The, the everybody, the everybody guy. Yeah, Yannick yeah. Talk, talked about um, in the. <laughs> And when he was, yeah. when he joined you, him. that he's just in, in practice, he just fires up shots and. Well, yeah, yeah. Is it actually, true? That this is a behind is, the scenes true, a little yeah. bit. This is a behind the scenes, but Yannick, um, he told that story on the podcast, and then I think afterwards, I had to shoot Yannick a message to make sure he was happy for something to be kept in. And he was like, yeah, no problem. Also, while you're about it, could you just clip out the little bit I said about Mark Bieset? Because I want to have a recording of that so I can use it. I was like, sure. I don't know what you could possibly need that for, but okay. No worries. Yeah. He wanted to show him that, that he mentioned him in the podcast. Okay. I love I love that. Like that, that went straight into your guys' WhatsApp group. <laughs> um, yeah. What was I going to say? Obviously, that's something that I've considered like in the back of my brain and obviously something that everyone's aware of, but you guys having a very international uh, squad with a, a, quite a variety of different basketballing styles and influences and whatever. How much does that play into how you guys play? Do you think like, do you think everyone bringing a little bit of like, obviously Japan play a very certain style and GB play how they play. The Aussies have different ideas. Like does that sort of, international sort of coming together of different ideas does that feed into how you guys do things at all or no um, you're disappointed if you just say no but you can <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like uh Janet does a great job um to to bring us all on on one page and yeah. um, that we play the same style of basketball um yeah. i think we are like even if we are like from different different countries and different like um, backgrounds, I think we're all pretty similar. Like Brian, Simon, me, Hero, like all similar players. Like sure, you know, play play fast and yeah. um, fast and open. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, like open, not like um, how should I say it? Like not um, press into like a system. Like yeah, you have to, you have to do this and this and this but like play free and yeah I, I guess i guess that's the thing because you're all from a handful of different places but like usa japan gb germany all do move the ball and play fast and yeah. shoot a lot of threes and stuff so it's not you know it's not like you're trying to meld yeah, yeah. Three, three turkish guys into the yeah. whole thing you know they're what i mean not, like not bringing oscar gerbalak <laughs> he's being like hey tommy get on the screen for me right now <laughs> Um, I I did that one year um, when I was screening for Piotr. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. <laughs> that, okay. was, that was that was uh, the only thing. Like we were we were trying to play it differently, but that didn't work out. And the only thing 
what worked was like me diving for Piotr. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we just go with that. <laughs> yeah. But that's fine because that's like an almost guarantee that he's going to make the shot every yeah. time. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> like someone being like screen for me when they are absolutely going to make it, you're like, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did so you guys. Two seconds on the shot clock, give the ball to Piotr. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys have, because I imagine at like the level of your training, because I think most clubs kind of have at some point, it's like a feeling out stage of who screens for who kind of thing. Or if we're, if we're in this five, who gets on the dive for who else, like based on percentages with the amount of talent your Landil teams have, you could, you and Piotr could have had like a shootout and been like, okay, we'll do this, the, do this the day before the game. And if I win this one, you screen for me tomorrow. And if you win next week, I'll screen for you. Did you have to do anything like that? Or did Piotr just come in and be like, hey, people get on the screen for me. This is why I'm here. Um, I was like, I I let him shoot the ball. <laughs> uh, but after after practice, we did some um, three-point shootouts. So we were um, we had a three-point challenge now yeah. and then. Um, but like like we, we first we were trying to run like the the week weak side with him and Annabelle and yeah. that didn't really work because they weren't able to to get close to the to the zone <laughs> yeah. yeah not able especially to against play. like uh when we played touring yeah. um so we had to switch it up so sure well those those days are behind you by the looks of it because you're um I think we we spoke to Yannick about it when he was on but the last time you guys played Thuringen, you took th- you were thirty points on thirty shots. Is that right? So, Piotr must have been must have been watching that, being like, "Hey, this guy used to just sit on the screen for me and look at him now." <laughs> um, so we're we're going to get on to the Thuringen game in a little bit, but a couple of a couple more Landil specific questions I had was, you've obviously been at Landil since Thuringen were even a, a club, right? I think they formed in the early. Or they at least made the top German league in the early 2010s. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember play um, play against them in the second division because when I first joined Landil, I played for the first and second team. Right. Uh-huh, okay. And our second team used to play in the second division. Right. Um, and we used to play against um, against Turing. They were named different, but um, yeah, it was basically the same same club. And they moved. They moved up to the first division in two thousand twelve, thirteen. I, I don't. I, I'm not sure, but I think I I actually played against one of the early uh, Thuringen incarnations in a Euro Cup when it was Alex Haluski, uh, Joachim Linden was there still. Yeah. Uh, Raymond Beginskis, the Latvian guy, mm-hmm. and then it was Jens and Timu, who I don't. I don't know where Timu plays now. Uh, the Finnish guy who looks a bit like Will Ferrell. But, um, we played against them and they were like, they were so, it was like EuroLeague 3 or something. They were so obviously too good for that competition that it was just like, what are these guys doing here? And then I think it was from probably the year after that, they got some more signings in. And that was when the kind of Landil versus Thuringen rivalry started. But You've obviously seen every every version of them. So, what do you, when you look at them now as your guys' rivals? Do you still do you see them as as being? Is this the best Bulls team we've seen? Has there been better ones in the past? And how does that kind of match up with how you see your own 
Landale team, is this the best Landale or have there been better Landale incarnations? Mm. I mean, first of all, I have to say it's like, um, I have to give them credits for how they, how they developed. And um, yeah, it's, um, I have a lot of respect for them, for all the guys who play there. Um, it's always it's always fun to play to play against them. Um, it makes the the German league so much so much stronger. Um, <clears throat> I think the it's hard to say which was the best uh, Bulls team. Um, the the year where Mad and Jake were there, they were very strong. Um, now it's a different team, but also a very strong team. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to say. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think they've ever been bad, have they? Since they've been yeah, around, no. no. <laughs> they they have always been good. Yeah. Good place to play. The only drawback is you have to live on site. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you have to, but no, I don't. I, I've, yeah, I've been there the one time, and I think everyone did. But I think since they've got more established guys in, I don't like Beanex there. I don't imagine Beanex lives in the in the dorms above, above the. The sports all right yeah, no, he does not <laughs> no. i do wonder that because i went there and we stayed there because we were playing against them like with a like a gb development squad once and or like the like the gb centralized guys it was and i remember someone saying this is where all the players live and i was like some of these guys are married that's not true like yeah, yeah. no one's wife is being like yeah sure no problem yeah he has a kid now so <laughs> oh nice cool yeah. All right. Um, so, Mark, what have we got next? Where where should we go? I'm just looking at the time. That's fine. Um, last question before we get into details of this game, I guess. You mentioned Thuringen and your rivalry kind of keeping the German league strong and competitive. If you were to to sell anybody on coming to join you in, in Landil, um, do you see it as a bit of a drawback for the German league that yourselves and Thuringen as the top teams you only really get a, a couple of good games every every year realistically and because there's some other good teams in the German league like Hanover and Wiesbaden and whoever else it might be but they're not to the level of you guys so there's kind of a split where you guys are playing each other and everyone else is playing for for third how how do you keep yourself motivated through that and would you is that a selling point for anybody looking to come and join either of the German contenders, or do you think it puts people off? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's it's for us. It's um, great for um, because we every practice we have a high intensity practice. Um, when we play five on five, um, it's it's super hard, um, harder than some games we play. Um, so I think that's um, that's one point how we how we keep us motivated. So um, we just practice hard, um, and <clears throat> yeah. And then we have two games in the regular season against them, and then a couple of playoff games against Turing. Um, it's only like say maximum five or six games against them. Um, yeah, but it's and we try every every. Um, other league game we just use and try to get better and better and um we're always looking on us um focus on us and what we can do better um yeah 
Okay, shall we talk about this past weekend's game then? If you think we no. can manage that. Or... <laughs> no. All right, guys, that's my time. Thank you very much. See you later. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so just before we hit record, I was just making, just chatting with Tommy before you showed up, Mark. We started to speak about it, and I was like, no, you're saving all the, we're going to save all the good stuff. You're going to use it up. So, so you guys played Turngen this weekend. 82-68, and that puts you to one and one uh, with them all season. So my question is, did you see, what did you see from these guys that maybe you didn't when you guys beat them in the first half of the season? Did they throw something different at you or was it just the same thing, but they played better or give us your thoughts? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, I mean, they, they played differently. They played um, harder, more intensity. Um, especially on me, they were jumping me every, almost everywhere. Um, <laughs> I touched the ball, there was some, somebody there, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which made it tough for me. Um, <clears throat> I mean, they, they, they played good. Um, Vahid had a, had a good game. He, he was shooting pretty good. Um, Alex, of course. Um, but yeah, I think we were just not like, we didn't ha- have our best game. Um, yeah. but I also think we didn't have the intensity we, we needed to have. Like we, I think we weren't quite, um, ready to match their intensity. Um, I think that was the the biggest thing. Yeah, they seemed, to me anyway, like more than the first game you guys played this season, very, very intent on like using their size and their physicality. Like they've always, like they always have it, but mm-hmm. like just what you said, like they, they try to give you nothing and it's like jumping you, but they were able to jump you with like real size rather than, and a lot of the times you get jumped by like whoever's there, but uh, they they just have size from top to bottom, really. Even like even they play, they start two bigs, two two fives, and Yitzka, who's the tallest female one in the world. Yeah. Like, um, so I think that was a thing. And they obviously, as I say, they have the physicality, but they seem very very intent on using it, and that's the sort of game that suits them down to the ground because they're two absolute giants on the floor at any given point and guards that aren't afraid to beat people up. <laughs> For sure. I think um, the way I saw it watching the game was, I think you guys, similar to what you said about matching their intensity, I think you guys realized the pressure was on. And you, if you watch the first quarter back, yourself and Hero and Brian on a couple of occasions, get quite a lot of shots up early in the shot clock. I think trying to beat the, you know, get shots up before the defense can properly close out on you. And I think that kind of went away as the, as the game went on and their kind of continued pressure ground you guys down a little bit. Um, And we've talked about it when we do kind of our roundup episodes and, and whatever else, but they seem to be a team that is very difficult to, I think they were up 10 on you guys at halftime, if I'm not mistaken. And they seem to, nobody ever seems to go on a scoring run against them. They, 
I think if I pull the stats up right here, your guys' maximum run of points in a row was five consecutive. And they just seem to be built. I don't know if it's like size and consistency or, or ability to rebound or whatever, but you very rarely see anybody put up 10 straight points against the Bulls for whatever reason. You probably know the reason for that better than I do because you've played against them so many times. Um, yeah, because then it's when they when they get going, it's it's really tough. Um, I mean, like I said, if our outside shots weren't falling, um, then it's hard for us to go inside because we we aren't tall. They are huge. Um, that that makes life very very hard. Um, and then they just they just defend good and um yeah i think that's that's why that's one of the reasons why it's hard to get like on a 10 12 point scoring run on them yeah. because they're so big <laughs> yeah they can they're content to send you inside because they've got haluski and wheelchair yeah. basketball godzilla in the in the paint <laughs> yeah yeah they know yeah. like okay that's they force us into this zone and then they know okay they, we don't have any chance when we were in there. <laughs> yeah, sure. But at, the, at the same time, like looking at what you guys have been able to do all year and what you guys obviously know you can do on the kind of being Landil and being loaded with talent. Do you look at a game that you lose like that and think in the minute details, or is there a little bit of a like, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get them next time. We'll play better. Obviously you're going to make adjustments and from all from what I've heard, everything you do in practice is very detail oriented, but is there, as a player, is there also a little bit of like, I need to forget about this and just get them in the playoffs or. Um, yeah. Like I, I was, I was not happy at all with my performance. Um, after the game, I was mad and um, I haven't watched the game yet, but I will go back and, and watch it. And um, yeah, I need, need to find ways. Um, to score even even if they pressure me so hard because they will do that now for for every game we play them um and i just need to find ways to to get free and get some good shots up and i'm pretty sure i will find ways um of course yeah but okay can, can i ask for, also, yeah for somebody with your kind of I think everybody who's seen you play knows that shooting and scoring is your kind of primary weapon. So for somebody like you, when you say look at going back and looking at video and figuring out what you can do next time, do you have anything in these cases that you specifically kind of look for? Do you look at, you know, passing the ball earlier and getting it back? Or do you look at what dribble moves you could pull out or, do you have any kind of go-to, this is what I can change that you kind of run through in your head or do you, does it vary game to game? I mean, it's like more like how, how do they jump me from, from where do they jump me high or low? Um, like maybe I can shoot quicker or like further out. Um, yeah. Like how is, how is my chair position? Where can I sit yeah. to make like create more space and, sit differently like higher or maybe a little bit lower to the baseline and then just have to catch and shoot um yeah so so the answer isn't going to be that you're going to get a max height chair and you're going to go and post up Haluskia <laughs> and Vahid right no uh, maybe, I, maybe I'll shoot um, <laughs> I shoot deeper threes or <laughs> paint yourself yeah, that's the, the point line make yeah. that 
roll the ball when they roll the ball out for the first playoff game, just pull one from 35 and be like, all right, cool. <laughs> there you go. This is what we're doing. Um, cool, man. Um, Mark, have you got any 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 deep, meaningful questions about this game or will we stop bringing up the past? <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know about deep and meaningful, but I guess my my question is you kind of referenced their their size and that's obviously you've talked about kind of video analysis and stuff just here, but do you obviously their size isn't really something that you can you can't be like, hey, for the next game we just need to get taller or they need to get shorter kind of thing. Um so do you look at will you guys look at specifically, you know, kind of how you need to defend Haluski and and Vahid? you know, be it throwing a press in or, you know, having specific guys match up to them where possible or or running different lineups. Do you guys, as you mentioned, because you focus on playing them so much, are you going to start that kind of stuff earlier or do you wait until closer to the time and then get really into the detail? Yeah, I think we just, this week we will have, we will talk about the game. Um, just like, okay, what, what happened and everything um but we will get more into detail when we are closer to the next game um now we concentrate on on the next games um concentrate on us again um and i think like we we have a bigger lineup with our with brian and rio um together on the floor um and i think we because rio is he's a great post-up shooter and oh, yeah um in practice he's just like making every shot um and i think we also need to get him more into the game um yeah, i think that can also be a key for the next game okay. he's also he's tall he's a he's a big yeah, guy yeah. <laughs> he's like he sits really tall and like it's i think part of part of it's like where he his release is as well like no one's getting to that like always like super high and he's just like mm. yeah what <laughs> one of the most effortless posts there is a there's a very old clip of a german league game where i think it's yourselves and i can oh it might have been when rio was playing for hamburg actually back in the day and he was possibly playing against landil and there's a video where he i think the first quarter he went nine from nine and his shot chart was entirely like both elbows and then like yeah. a, a 15 foot baseline post up and you go back and watch the video and there's like four or five shots where he's got a guy in front and behind him, like maybe Steve and Mikey, for example. And he was like nine from nine in that game. So if people can dig that out, go and watch that because it's surreal. But yeah, I mean, if, if he has another game like that, you'll probably beat Bulls no problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think that is ultimately the thing with a club that's as high level as you guys and has so much talent, there is probably a certain thing of like, you guys have the answer. Like when we come on every weekend, we talk about all the games that happen in Spain, Germany, Italy, sometimes France, sometimes. Um, and I just talk about like, you guys always figure it out. Cause you've got maybe 10 guys that at any given point could be like, okay, no, this guy's got it today. Like this is the okay. answer. So I think that versatility combined with the sort of, diversity of thought and smart basketball players you have like i think you'll be fine that's yeah. what i'm saying yeah. Yeah, like, I think so too. like if you look at last season for example we we played 
the first game we played there, we lost by eight. Um, yeah. they, they came uh, to, to Wetzlar. We beat them by like almost 30, I think. Yeah. Um, and then we beat them in the Champions League final. Then they beat us in the uh, in the league final. So it's, mm. it's always like... <laughs> yeah. It would, it yeah. would be interesting like, to try and pass out what your um, career like results against Turingen would be. Because I wonder if it's like a 50-50 split of wins and losses at this point. I think they are like... I think they are... Um, they have more wins now because we the there was a time where we couldn't beat them for like two years in a row. <laughs> yeah. Um but I think now we are back to we figured out how to how to beat them and sure. Yeah. Last question on this rivalry. How long is it until because we all know that in deep in the Landil offices somewhere there's a phone inside a glass box where somebody punches it and it flies Steve Serio in. <laughs> How long until that happens? Um, I think that's not going to happen again because <laughs> he seems done. happy. <laughs> he's, he's done. Yeah, um, he's done with with, uh, with professional basketball. Um, cool. As much as I I loved playing with him, um, but I think that's not yeah. going to happen again. Sure. <laughs> Similar to you saying how going out of the junior tournament on um, a world championship wasn't a bad finish. He came to the second half of your guys' season, won himself a Champions Cup and then won a gold medal at the Paralympics and was like, right, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, guys. Right, shall All we? Right. Yeah, in the interest of letting you get out of here, let's get to some questions. Mark, how's your German pronunciation? Because we have some questions. we have some people who for some reason didn't understand that this was going to be in English, <laughs> so, which I, I, I appreciate the support anyway, but... First question is from the birthday boy, Dylan Cummings. Happy birthday, Dylan. The man who, at, at a World Championships on the final day, tried to get you to come and play for Worcester in England, <laughs> if you remember that. Um, his question is, who did you idolize when you were growing up in the game? Um, yeah, first of all, happy birthday. <laughs> I didn't know that it was his birthday today. <laughs> yeah, It's not coming out until Thursday, so it'll, it'll be long gone by then. But Dylan, this is being recorded in the past. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, who? I, yeah. Um, of course, Patrick Anderson. Um, and Paul Schulte. Oh, niche one. Yeah, that was a good nice. One. Yeah, cool. There's going to be kids listening to this who are like, who is Paul Schulte? Yeah. <laughs> Go back do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. Mark. Next one. Next one up. Uh, so this is from Elliot Hardman, who asks, "How did you work on your court vision?" Um, that's that's uh, you can say something like it's just easy if you want. (laughs) (laughs) I just have it. No, um, (laughs) um, I don't know if there's like a special exercise you can do to work on it. Um, it's just like practicing, I guess. Um, like every every practice, um, try to like also talk to the teammates and ask what could I have done better in that situation or what did you see? I mean, because they all, they have another perspective than, than yourself. Um, the coach, listen to the coaches. Um, yeah. They, they see you from outside um, and then watch, watch video. And um, I think video is a massive one for court vision, especially watching somebody else who's like, watching anybody who's a good passer or a good point guard 
and kind of seeing seeing what they see, if that makes sense, rather yeah. rather than always thinking about what you would see in in that situation. Uh, okay. Oh, we got one from Mark Bisa. Yeah, he said, "Who is your best mate in your team, and why?" <laughs> of course, he asked that question. <laughs> no, it's not. It can't be him, right? That'll be too easy. It's it's Mark Bisa. He's that's my friend. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> is it, is he <laughs> he's, my, other, he's my friend. Only other German guy, right? So he wins, but apart from uh, Kata, sorry. Okay, we got a German one. So forgive me, Tommy. This is from, I don't know who this Instagram account is. It says FitLife30s. And the question is, Stadtpark or the Theaterpark? <laughs> I'll hold it up maybe, to my maybe you should, Yeah. Maybe you'll see maybe if you can read it. Ah. Um, yeah, that's that's funny because um, he he lives in he also lives in Gießen, right? Um, and I'm like, um, we once we met um, in a in a park, right? Okay. And I used to call it uh, the city park, and he used to call it a the- theater park. Right. Oh. That was the question: city park or? Oh, right. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I was sitting reading these questions earlier beside my wife, who speaks who speaks German to a certain level. She studied it in school, um, and she was like, "That's what this means. That's what this means." And I was like, "Oh, cool. I, I had no idea." I speak. But you, so but you still didn't bother trying. You just left me. To- <laughs> well, yeah, of course. I asked the question in the order that meant that you had to say all the German ones. Right. <laughs> okay. Next question uh, from Mariska Bayer, former bench units guest. Go check that podcast out. Anyone listening who hasn't? I don't know if there's anyone who's listening who hasn't, but. She asked for your favorite ball handling drill, your best basketball memory, and your goals beside basketball. Well, that's, that's more than one question. Yeah, I asked all three because the next one's in German and I want Mark okay. to do it. <laughs> uh, smart move. <laughs> um, the first one was best ball handling drill? Yes. Um, oh, I do a lot of... Um, different ball handling drills now with um our former assistant coach from the national team i don't know if you remember him like a tall bald head guy ralph sure i think so um yeah, he I'm was sure. he, he was also the coach for for landil for one season and assistant coach for a long time yeah and we do a lot of various um ball handling drills like dribbling with the basketball and bouncing a tennis ball against the wall or um, then with a with a crossover and um, the tennis ball on the wall and catch it with the with the other hand and oh, but crossing yeah. the basketball over to the left hand and then wow. vice versa and You're just showing off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he brings up some new ideas every time. It's it's funny. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, what what was the second question? Second question was best basketball memory. Best basketball memory was um, Paul. There, I think there are a lot of good memories. Um, like one, one was okay. I didn't. I sat on the bench and watched it, but it was awesome. Um, when we won my first Champions Cup in Istanbul against Galatasaray, oh, wow. in, in front of like a thousand Turkish fans, and um, they had their super team and. Um, we we beat them um, with like 
Joey, Steve, um, Mikey, and it was just awesome to watch. Um, and what year was that that you won your Champions Cup? 2012. It was the first. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think I vaguely. I don't think there was any video at that point, but I think. No, that that video is. I don't know where it is, but we also haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> like we, I think we didn't record it, um, but I don't know where. Like where it is like, lost somewhere yeah, collecting lost dust somewhere. in an office it's yeah. fine you've you've won enough champions cups that are on video now you don't need to worry <laughs> about it okay and the last question was goals beside basketball huh. um besides basketball um uh getting a real job after my career <laughs> A real job. There's that phrase again. <laughs> you, could go, you could go and become a doctor. Apparently, it's very easy to transition from basketball to being a doctor like um, Leon Schoenberger has. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. Um, it's hard. It's all right. Um, you're not retiring yet. We've established yeah. this. You're only 30. Yeah. So it's I'm pretty much focused on basketball right now. So Cool. Okay. We've got a German question from Ayaka which to not embarrass myself, I've just written in the zoom chat for you there. So that's in German. Feel free to answer it and, or tell me what I'm asking you. And I can only apologize if it's something I shouldn't be asking you. <laughs> no, it was, she just asked, uh, which was your first uh, role model? Okay. Um, I mean, it was like, to be honest, when I, when I first started to play basketball, I didn't know much about, the sport didn't know much about the players <laughs> um but then it was of course it was uh, patrick anderson he played for landil um and joey there were these were the two top players in the league um definitely uh, okay we've got a couple that are a little bit similar here so we'll wrap these into one uh and this is basically two two different people asking you something to the effect of if you were to play anywhere else other than Landil, where would it be? Um, yeah, he's been there for 12 years. This yeah. is going to be n- nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to, to imagine play somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think like if, if I would play somewhere else, it would be something or somewhere where it's nice and warm. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Spain, I hear that. Somewhere in Spain. Malaga, if you're listening. <laughs> Grand Canaria, maybe. Nah, they couldn't afford you. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, Grand Canaria is a great spot. You'd have a lovely time there. It's like a nice island. <laughs> oh, super good. Um, you, heard, you heard it here first. Tommy Bowman to Grand Canaria. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I feel for like my, you're, for for my uh, last years of my career. <laughs> I feel like you're a lifer. I feel like you're not going to move. I feel like yeah. <laughs> you're like you're a lifer. You going to Gran Canaria would be like when every celebrity gets to like a certain age and is like, "I'm just moving to California. I'm retiring <laughs> and I'm going to go and sit in the sun." All right. Next question from Rui Pedro. Uh, how many shots do you take a week? Do you know? No. No, I don't count. <laughs> cool. No worries. Uh, yeah, I don't. I I can't really tell you. I don't know. 
I'm not like I, I'm not the guy who counts the shots. I just like shoot, and then if I feel comfortable, then like okay. If not, then I keep shooting. And so, so do you have days where you just make your first one, and you're like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. For <laughs> clock in, clock I'm, out. I'm good. <laughs> see, see you tomorrow. <laughs> uh, no, like, like I'm just. I also like try different things, um, um, like always trying new shots and. Oh, off the back of that, because one thing I remember noticing um, with you in the early days is you've always been very comfortable going to your left hand to shoot the ball. Is that something that was more natural for you, or is that something that you worked on to the point where it was a comfortable shot? Um, yeah, I worked a lot on it. Um, like when. When I was a kid and I started to play um, wheelchair basketball, um, I had I had a basket at home uh, in our in our front front garden, and I went out there and I was when I was twelve I was starting to shoot with my left <laughs> because nice. I was just you know, messing around <laughs> and yeah, so it all started when I was pretty young. So I started to use my left hand. Awesome. Well, that that's the secret then. I- it is a weird thing because so many people say they practice it, but there's like a single figure number of people in the world who are actually good at going to their weekend. Like I I think Pete Fimbo's the obvious British one, and maybe John Hall way back in the day, but that's they're like the two examples that come to my head. And what do you what do you mean? Like finishing or um, Pete Fimbo with the left hand scoop that looked like it was his dominant hand and John Hall, I just from messing around scrimmaging with him before saw him make a three with his right hand and then like pick his rebound up go to the other side and make a three with his left hand and I was like what is happening here um, <laughs> I think there's more guys in the. I think there's more guys in the world that can do that sort of stuff now but maybe it's people you don't see like pulling it out in international games yeah fair enough the, the funny thing is there was there was a time where I was more comfortable going for left hand layups than right hand layups. <laughs> oh, that's that's interesting. People being like, put him on his left. And you're like, yeah, fine. <laughs> cool. no problem. You get okay. Giving the secrets away here if anyone's listening. It, it was it was back back then when I was like back in the day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, next question. We have a load of questions from Mendel up the north, which is which is always always cool. He has asked questions that didn't fit in a box, uh, so they're disjointed. He said, was it easy for you to switch between different roles playing with Pass 1A at the Euros in 19, switching between ball handling and being mostly a screener? And he said, you don't get a lot of space to ask long questions, but I hope that one was clear enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was not not so hard for me because... I mean, yeah, I played the screener, but I wasn't really happy to be the screener. You know, <laughs> so like sure, I always yeah. wanted to be the outside shooter. Um, but yeah, I did what they they um, told me to do. <laughs> so yeah. I was doing was trying my best um, to be a good screener for him. Um, and yeah, I was like because I I had. I had to be the shooter for the, for the juniors team, so I I knew how how it is to be the outside player. So it wasn't so hard to switch to switch back. That, sure. That's an interesting point, actually. I'd never thought do you know do good shooters make good screeners because they know what their their guy wants to work with. 
it's, it's usually like once you become the good enough shooter, you're like, yeah, I'm not screening for anybody. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole different skill set. You're like, I've made it out of that hole. I'm never going back in. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, sorry, I'm hogging these, Mark. You can go yeah, ahead. It's all good. Uh, so Mendel's also asked, how much time have you put into working on your post-up game? Says, I'm always impressed by it. Um, <laughs> Mendel's not easily impressed either. He regularly sends us complaints about this podcast. <laughs> um, it's, I don't know. It's like every, almost every practice I work on it, like trying to have that, the post up, post up shot or like post up and then go right into the dribbling. And do you, do you work on your post up against bigger guys? Cause I think a lot of, like mids or threes like yourself will only go to the post up when they've got like a one pointer on them. And they're like, this is fairly easy, but do you, you know, do you go and find Rio or Dominic Mosler and, and try and shoot over them? Yeah. Rio is pretty tough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, but we are like, I, I'm trying to do it. Um, like always try to like, how can I set up my chair best to yeah. get out of his, his range and still get the shot up somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Next Uh, next Mandel question. Is there something you think developing players should spend less time on practicing? Uh, Can you ask me again? That's a backwards question for is there a skill that's overrated, I guess. Yeah. Is there something that you think developing players should spend less time practicing? Um. Just By the sounds of it, shoot because you said just shoot until uh, you feel good and then go home. Yeah. <laughs> um like, like I don't like for example, I can't I, I can't do like the the tricks with like turning the ball on one finger and stuff. <laughs> oh, the se- the secret's out. The bulls are gonna know that for next time we play. <laughs> that's a really stupid thing when you go to like get a photo taken at like a basketball event and they're like can you spin the ball on your finger and it's like yeah i I always have to say like no i can't do that sorry (laughs) photoshop it on i'll do this well the the best answer is to be like no but i've never had to do that in a basketball like unless you play for the harlem globe trotters yeah that's that's always my response like no i never have to use that again No, if it's um, if it gets to my index finger, it's going up. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think, think it's like it's um, maybe spend less time on on the on the things you don't do in a game. Yeah, sure. Like they're they're like um, if you're not like a if you're not a three point shooter, then don't like you know. Don't go sure. to training being like I'm gonna shoot a hundred yeah. threes before yeah. I go home. Yeah, do you do your do your thing what what um what you do in the game? Like if you're like an inside guy, then just train your inside play over and over and over again. Sure, sure. Okay. Um next up from Mendel. <laughs> Mendel with the insult. <laughs> yeah, the, this is a backhanded compliment. So do with this what you will, Tommy. But he says you seem to be one of the players. One of the quickest players that looks the least muscular. Our muscles overrated in our sport. I told you he's hard to please. <laughs> <laughs> what a um, weird question. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, they are. <laughs> no, they are. Fair enough. Hey, you, uh, you, just, you just lost a game to Carly's Podniaks, man. Look, look how many muscles he has. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't. I like. I think I. I was always skinny. So when I, when I started, everybody told me, or like a lot of people told me, are oh, you too skinny and you need to, you need to gain muscles and blah blah blah. And it's like, no, I don't. <laughs> I think no. that, that I will find I will find ways to. The, there might be a pattern here because the the two people I've ever heard give that response are you and Terry Bywater, who I think basically it's like if a guy shoots a certain percentage, you get to be like, "Hey, I'm not lifting any weights in case it messes with my shot." <laughs> maybe that maybe that's the secret. Maybe if you can just hit a percentage, you're like, yeah, I don't I don't need to get stronger. I'll do what I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do from... I, I do lift but not like to not to get, get jacked like big and just like to you know, for my to work for my skills like what I need like to get quicker and... sure yeah, yeah. Oh. I think if someone's not strong and also not quick you could ask a question but like that's obviously not what's happening here yeah. so and yeah. I, I think I'm stronger than I look <laughs> also yes um, probably true I think um, you, you and Mandel should have an arm wrestling match. Uh, I would probably lose that, but <laughs> uh, okay. It'd, next it'd be Mandel. great content for us if we could get you guys both in here and post a video. We'll sponsor it. I mean, <laughs> if, um, he, if he if he's up for that, <laughs> uh, let's make it happen. Uh, Mandel's last question: Is it weird being rivals with some players in the league and then great teammates at the international level? <sighs> mm, it's probably not- fairly normal. Probably it's not not weird because I know them for so long. Yeah. Like I know I know Andre for a long time. He's a good friend. I know Jens for a long time. We played together in the in the juniors team, and it's just it's I think it's normal. It's um, the one thing is like it's it's the game. But when as soon as the game is over, then yeah, the game is over, and you're friends again, and everything is everything is good. Sure. Okay. Uh, question. Next question from Tom Smith. Uh, how disappointed would you be if Euro Cup got cancelled, considering your current champions? Yeah, that would be. Like, I would be. I would be sad. Um, because that's always, like, I'm. I always like to play to play against um, different teams from Europe, like especially as the Spanish teams. Um, it's always something different because like you you play in your league but it's all basically always the same and then you get different players you don't see as often and yeah it's always a, a challenge um and of course we we want to um defend our our title yeah well the good the good news is if your cup gets cancelled you get to keep your title for like a whole other year right so you'll yeah. be- <laughs> be, be two year reigning champions <laughs> you just want you just want to get your name back on there though I guess yeah. um, Mark go ahead so this is from Tom Smith as well and I think we've touched on this already but he says do you feel that the teams in Germany outside of the top two are getting stronger over time um, yeah I think they get they get stronger like especially um, Hanover and Wiesbaden I think sure Tom they, Smith they used to play for Raden, by the way, who were looking like they were getting stronger until they suddenly yeah. stopped existing until like yeah. <laughs> right. I, I would have mentioned them, but 
<laughs> no longer legally exist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they they Hanover and Wiesbaden they do a good job um of like they develop every year and have a have a good club and I think the um also the management is doing a good job um in getting new players in. Yeah. Oh, that this leads me on to a small sub question because oh, we no. talked about it when you guys played Hanover a couple of weeks back and Amit Vigoda is obviously kind of upcoming, very talented guy, and you guys went out of your way to shut him down. Mark, was that, you won't let this go. This what, isn't a real thing. It is a real thing. Was that personal because you guys have got a load of veterans who didn't want the young kid to go off on you, or was that just you guys playing good defense? No, it was It was just um, because we were talking about the game plan, and it was like, okay, he's he, he can be a good shooter. Um if he's open, so don't don't let him shoot. Um, okay. Don't let him don't let him get going, and then um, yeah, because then it's it's hard for for them if he okay. he doesn't get shots. If Jan Sadler doesn't get shots, then yeah, sure. You, it was you it was nothing personal. <laughs> oh man, you've pr- you've proved me wrong here. I was convinced. <laughs> I was convinced it was a bunch of the older guys sitting around and being like, hey, everyone thinks this young kid's great. We'll show him. But (laughs) apparently that's not the case. All right. Last question. We'll end on this and then I promise we'll let you go. Uh, Tom Smith once again says, how does it feel to be an inspiration to the younger younger German talent coming through the ranks? Um, I mean, it it feels good. It's um, it's like... um, because I know when I was a kid, there were players I looked up to. Um, I know how, how it feels um, as a young kid. Um, and I, I'm just trying to do my my best to be a good role model. And, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, I dare say you're doing a good job because like we said, we've got some good, good German talent coming through and you're the first guest we've had in a while who hasn't sworn on the podcast and we've had to edit out. So if that's not a role model, I don't know what is. All right. I'm trying not to. <laughs> cool. Uh, we've taken up more than enough of your time, Tommy. So we'll let you go. Thank you so much for being here. And thanks everyone for listening. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Good luck with the rest time. of the season, man. Welcome back anytime. Yeah. It was nice being here for the first time. Hopefully not the last time. <laughs> oh, first person to ever say that. Let's see. If you... <laughs> okay. Right. Thanks, everybody. Peace.